Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, and I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And today, we are checking out the 2007 album from Yellow Card entitled Paper Walls. Um, thanks for joining us and uh, listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. We love that you're here. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so they show up automatically. And we'd love if you rate the podcast on wherever you uh, wherever you go listen to podcasts. Uh, that just helps us out. And so... Uh, do it just out of the kindness of your heart, you know, be a, be a pal, um, be a buddy. Yeah. Be a buddy. Be a buddy. Um, so yeah, we're talking about this yellow card album. This is our second yellow card album to talk about. I did the quote unquote research on this one, uh, cause it's one of my favorite albums. So, um, not a lot going on this one. Uh, we, we did ocean Avenue and then after ocean Avenue, uh, Yellow Card came out with an album in 2006 called Lights and Sounds, which uh, I think it's fair to say is uh, the lesser of their albums, and I think they even admit yeah. that. Uh, it was kind of a... It took quite the turn from Ocean Avenue to Lights and Sounds, uh, which has a couple... A few great songs on it, and then a lot of just, like, okay songs, if yep. if I'm just giving the short version of what I think about that album. Um, and... So they released that in January 2006, and they announced they're working on pre-production for this record by the fall of 2006. So they don't even wait a year between the release of Lights and Sounds to realize, like, maybe we need to do another album, uh, because Lights and Sounds did not commercially or critically or really in any way uh, perform the way Ocean Avenue did. And it was kind of a a weird kind of angsty... uh, darker vibe on it that they even admitted as much that like, Hey, we kind of maybe went a little too far. Uh, they, they were quoted saying they didn't like regret it, but they felt like they needed to like try again. Like it was a learning experience for them. Um, I think they, I've seen interviews where they talked about maybe they'd gotten a little, uh, big for their bridges post, uh, ocean Avenue and some other stuff like that. And it just, it had a weird vibe to it. Uh, and maybe we'll do that record someday. Um, because it would be interesting to talk about a record that we didn't like from a band that, for the most part, we like everything else. Uh, so, yeah, they, they released this October, or sorry, uh, July 17th, 2007. So, not even, barely over a year after Lights and Sounds comes out. You know, basically, you're talking about uh, less than a 20-month turnaround. Um, and still on Capitol Records, although this is the last record they are on Capitol with. Because shortly after this album, by like 2008, they announced a sort of indefinite hiatus, which is so funny. Because did anyone use that term before Blink-182? Were they the first indefinite hiatus people? I definitely Googled the definition of that when (laughs) Blink-182 went on I remember when they they said that. And I was like, I had never heard anyone say indefinite hiatus. But then I feel like everyone did. Yeah. Um, That's the new thing. It's like, I don't know if we're breaking up. We're just not going to do anything for a while. Um, Which, you know... Maybe you do need a break sometimes. It's, it's just funny. It's a great term for what a lot of bands probably didn't really put a label on before that. It's like, yeah, we're not we're not breaking up forever, uh, but we don't know how long it's going to be. It could be five years. Could be five months. It's just funny because it seems like and maybe there was... we're breaking up forever. <laughs> yeah, <Maybe. laughs> there were plenty of bands before that that like didn't put anything out for nine years at a time or something. They just didn't have to come out and announce that they weren't doing anything for nine years. Uh, uh, but anyway, so they, they do announce an indefinite hiatus uh, shortly after this, but then they're back a few years after that. So, uh, you know, this album um, 
pretty quick after Lights and Sounds, like I said, but like totally different than Lights and Sounds. And it's definitely a little bit more in the vein of, of Ocean Avenue uh, with even a little bit more kind of umph to it, uh, a little more rock and roll to it even. So, uh, yeah, Capitol Records, which is, like I said, their last one. Producer Neil Avron that they've done basically everything with. Um, we've talked about Neil Avron and how his uh, guitars are unmatched. I kind of feel like uh, he's a... Uh, like him and Huge. Benson are the guitar tone guys. They are uh, gonna make those guitars crunch in a in a major way, and um, and yeah, that's really there's really almost no information about this. They um, recorded the whole thing. I mean, you know, like I said, they talked about pre production in October two thousand six. They start recording it in January two thousand six. It's released by July, so I think they knew they needed to get another record out pretty quick um, because. Uh, the one before didn't quite work. Although the two singles from lights and sound were great and they had great videos and I did really like them. But then the rest of the, the record just kind of was like, meh. Uh, but I, but they came back with this one and it was kind of awesome. So, uh, let's talk about first impressions. Um, when it came out and whatnot, uh, we've obviously already heard of yellow card at this point, as, as mentioned before, we did ocean Avenue already on this podcast. So, uh, we don't need to talk about what we first thought about yellow card, but, uh, just maybe, since we didn't really talk about lights and sound, maybe talk about lights and sound and then this record. If you know, briefly, if you want to mention any thoughts that you had about lights and sound, let's go to Kyle first, though. So, I find it so strange that they came out so close together because I have no recollection of that. Yeah. Like, the, the in my mind, ages passed between lights and sound, sounds and this record, like. It's almost like I thought they weren't going to be a band in my mind, in my memory. I thought they weren't going to be a band anymore or whatever. And then they, they got back to their roots a few years later. So hearing that, that, that this came out like a year later is kind of blowing my mind right now. Um, but lights and sounds, man, did, did just didn't dig it that much. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Really and I don't know anyone that is like tried to convince me to like it. Does that make sense? Like no one's been yeah. like, no, you really need to get, and I do give it other, I, I listened to it again this week and it just doesn't hit the same. I want to like it. I do too. Like I, I've tried multiple times and, and I just don't like it that much. I don't, I don't hate it, but in comparison to their other works, it's just, I, why listen to that record when I can listen to any other yellow card record is how I feel. Um, but my first impression of this was, yeah, that's the stuff I like, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, there it is. Yeah, that that's the good stuff. And so I was excited that they were putting out something a little, you know, it's not that it's closer to um, Ocean Avenue either. It's just, I just think they're better songs. Um, well, and it is more like, uh, well, we'll talk more about that, I yeah. guess, as we go on. But I mean, it is it's more like ocean Avenue in the sense that it, like it was better songs and it had the vibe of it is different. It's like, it's got that like lights and sound. They kind of drop down almost like too much, got too kind of weird with it. And, yeah. and this has the more normal yellow card sound. Yeah. Sounds like a yellow card record. Um, and it's and and it is, as you mentioned before, the guitars were huge. So yeah, uh, big fan right away of this record and probably probably even more hyped at the time because I really did not like lights and sounds. And so mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, thank God, this is going to be a great yellow card record. So 
Chris, what were your thoughts uh, of this period of time and, and whatnot? I spot on with Kyle. It, Lights and Sounds just kind of bummed me out. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> yeah. For, for uh, Keep in mind, too, like, Yellow Card was a band that I adored. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mailed them a letter to get a sticker, like, to their address in Florida. Like, I listened to them from the mp3.com days. Like, I was obsessed with that band. So, um, I, I felt, I, I think, some acute disappointment with Lights and Sounds. So, I don't remember this album making that big an impression on me at the time it came out. And and I, I, I'm i also with Kyle in that I don't remember it coming out this quickly, that quickly after Lights and Sound. Um, yeah, so, it seemed like an eternity to me too. Yeah, I was really right? shocked when I looked at when I was like, this can, this timeline cannot be right. But, because um, it did feel like a much longer time. I agree. Maybe yeah. we were just younger and a year and a half felt like a lot more <laughs> yeah. time than it does now. Now a year and a half goes by and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was Did fast. Capital push it hard? Like it was it I'm sure we knew it was coming out. I'm sure I knew it was coming out. Or maybe I just didn't care as much because I was so disappointed from the last record. There's a lot of good music out in 2006, 2007, you know. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so I thought that here's the other thing I was trying to trace back, like when did I did I maybe get this album not when it came out? Uh, but I know for sure I I bought this album when I lived at my condo, which I only lived in that condo 2007 to basically the very beginning of 2009. So like at the, at the latest I got this in 2008, like, you know, so I may have been a little bit late on it, but I don't, I was, I think I had it in 2007. I'm pretty sure I got it. Maybe not the week it came out because I don't think I knew they came out with a new record until it like came on, you know, whatever something. And I saw, I was like, Oh, I didn't know they came out with a new one because unfortunately I kind of like light and sound was so disappointing. I wasn't like looking for the next yellow card record. I thought they had just like, abandon all the things that I liked about them as a band, which bummed me out. Cause I was with you, Chris, I really liked them. Um, but this one definitely like redeemed it. I was like all back in cause, um, you can make a bad record. I mean, and people do it just suck to like follow up the success that ocean Avenue was with a bummer of a record because I feel like it really took the wind out of their sails as a band. Um, and you just want to kind of go back and like, as, as we've talked about on this podcast, I love bands that I love being successful and you just want to almost go back in time and be like, don't make that record, please. Like if they would have made this record after, uh, ocean Avenue and there's also a three year gap between ocean Avenue and lights and sounds even, which is not crazy, but I would think that for as big as ocean Avenue was, you'd want to like try Pump to something out, get a record in by two years after that, 2005 instead of 2006. Now to be fair, it was January of 2006. So they barely didn't make that 2005 thing. So, I mean, it wasn't quite, um, it wasn't really three years between. It the sounds albums, like a lot of years, but it sounds like more, a lot but, of months. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just more months. And so, um, you know, it's just, uh, it is an interesting, um, kind of case study of you follow up a really successful record with something that sounds is too far of a departure of what people came to you and liked about you. And, um, uh, and then, but I feel like then they like very quickly redeem themselves, uh, on this one. And you're right, Kyle, I think the songs are just better on it. I think that that's mostly what it is. Well, and what's weird is didn't they, 
they actually lost a core member on this record, right? Oh, well, so they lost him before that. So they lost Ben Harper. That's a good good point on that. Uh, so they lost Ben, the guitarist, actually before Lights and Sounds. Okay. So, okay. Um, so they'd already lost him um, pre Lights and Sounds. Ben's I think the guy with the label, right? He had his yes, label. Yes, Ben did okay. Lobster. Lobster, Lobster. That's it. Yep. And no, uh, no, 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 no. Lobster is what they were on. It wasn't Pre- lobster, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it was a, uh, a, a pretty legitimate label. At yeah, the no, time. What, what it was. Uh, look that up, Chris. Well, I will look it happen. up. <laughs> I yeah. think it was medic. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did see Ben Harper uh, in traffic in L.A. and our bassist got out of the car and went and handed him a CD. Uh, but uh, nothing came of it. Obviously, what? It's not lobster. Take Lobster's over. Take over. Were, take over. Take over. Right. Lobster was what they were on before uh, Capital, and then yeah, Takeover was what Ben went and ran, and so. Um, yeah, so they lost Ben before Lights and Sound, and um, but uh, replaced him with a fine guitarist. So uh, they did not lack in the guitar um, category, for sure. So they this is the second one under their belt with with the this lineup, um, and uh, I think they, I think they, I think they did. It's it's weird to say, even though I don't love Lights and Sounds, I think they were still getting better as a band, even though they had a new guitarist for that record. Like there's some really cool stuff on it sometimes where you can be like oh this is i can see they're evolving as a band and getting better it just wasn't maybe quite executed perfectly but um but this one i feel like they're all they're tight they're all in on this stuff kind of so good yeah yeah and so yeah for me it was just like a a return to a band that i had really loved and then kind of disappointed me and what sucks about when a band's like that I want to say young because really they've got one major label album under their belt. And then they, and then so half their catalog, I don't like kind of at that point, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that's a lot harder to deal with than like, you know, like Weezer is a great example of a band that like they put out a record I love and then they put out a record I hate, but like they've put out 20 records. So even when you take the good with the bad, there's still like more, there's a lot of good still. But when it's like you got two records and one of them I don't really like, that kind of sucks. Um, so this one brings me full back into the yellow card fold. And uh, and fortunately, they make great records from then on out, uh, even though they take a little hiatus in the middle there. Although their hiatus wasn't that much longer than the gap between uh, the other albums. It was just a couple years that they took off. Um, I guess it was three-ish. But um, So yeah, I think they... It, I'm glad they came back to it i'm glad they didn't fizzle out or something like that as so many bands sometimes do in that situation where you are on top of the world and then make an album that takes you down a peg uh i'm glad they got back in the studio and got back to writing and and made this record quickly glad they bounced back yeah i'm glad they bounced back because i think that ryan key specifically is a fantastic songwriter and uh it would the world would be i mean i think i mean at least my catalog would be thin if he had just like hung it up or something uh so i'm glad he persisted through the little rough patch and uh continued to make some good records so um yeah there's not a lot to talk about on the on the grand scheme of things like i said there was not a lot of information on recording said they kind of work with neil avron on all their records so there's nothing that interested production wise uh as far as uh, anything goes and there's not a lot of information on the internet about it either so um so that's kind of what I know about it. Uh, so I guess we can just jump right into track by track if that Let's works for, for you all. Um, so uh, immediately, right off the bat, uh, I feel like we're greeted with 
um, you know, lights and sounds started with kind of a little orchestral thing and then a pretty cool second, like real intro track. But I feel like this one uh, is a great intro track. So let's go to the takedown. Here we go. We're back, baby. Uh, Chris, let's go to you first. Thoughts on the takedown? Dude, is this one of the, like, I don't know if there's a better word than ballsy. Is this the ballsiest (laughs) yellow card song? It is one of them, right? It's one of them for sure. Yeah, it is fast. And, I mean, there's, like, some heavy metal influence in the guitars. Some, like, and and Avron's, like, tone. It's, like, almost, I, I feel like you could take that tone and put it on a metal album and it would work. But it yeah. works here too, um, mm-hmm. and then of course one of the great, great not talked about, but one of the great punk drummers of this era, LG, uh, LP, <laughs> LP, sorry, uh, yeah, just destroys mm-hmm. on this song and, and all the songs. I will talk about him a lot on, on this podcast, but yes, great intro song. Gosh, love it. Yeah, they. Um, I feel like they always do a great first track, but this this one really, you're like, okay, like we are not. We're it's like back. an apology tour. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. I mean, it really it feels a sorry little bit. Sorry about the things like we that. said on the last album. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about the last one, guys. Um, uh, yeah, it freaking rocks. Uh, Kyle, thoughts on it? Yeah, LP's just freaking machine gunning that snare and that guitar tone. Also, I really. I really like the line. Uh, how did I end up like this? The chosen one, your greatest takedown. Yeah, I mean that's that's some good lyricism. Um, awesome song, and I think I think my first thought was like, I'm listening. Yes, you have my attention. Let's get another track in. <laughs> I mean, great song, but and we can do it. You once. did this. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, yeah. I know what you did last time. Yeah, because so. uh, the first I've been the, hurt before. <laughs> yeah, what is technically the second track on Lights and Sounds? I mean, it it rocks too, and yep. then it quickly falls off. Yep. Um, is it Lights and Sounds that is the intro track? I forget. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I know it has the orchestra kind of thing beforehand yep. on on that one, but yeah, you're right. And I I, I remember feeling the same way, Kyle, being like. Okay. All right. I'm into this, but like being like, uh, but let's see what happens on track two and three and stuff. But I was very cautiously uh, optimistic at this point um, because it is, um, yeah, it, it, you know, I'd been burned a little bit. I do think that you mentioned the lyrics and I think it's a good thing to bring up that like, I think he becomes a significantly better lyricist on this record. And, and some of that is because I felt like he, Eight crow. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. I don't think it's even that. I think it's that, like, you know, admittedly, it seems like he didn't have, like, some... It's not like Tom Petty, where he had this father that didn't love him or something like that. You know, it's like, he didn't have some bad family or some, bad, like, super bad experiences where it's like, he was writing these songs about girls and stuff like that. None of it was very... And Lights and Sounds, he went all in on the, like, anti-war stuff, which is just kind of like... Like he wasn't quite at that point where he could write those songs that like yeah. he wasn't doing like we talked about Green Day on the last album. Yeah. Uh, on the last episode. It's like he didn't quite have that t- 
tongue, that kind of sharp tongue that Billy Joe had. Yeah. Um, but he was trying to, to, to it. It just, it never, it never worked for me when he tried to write that kind of song. It seemed, it seemed unnatural to me, but like this one, I feel like he went through a little adversity, just like being with the band and Ben leaving the band. And he had some more interesting things I think to write about on this record. And I, I think you hear little snippets of it in that line that you mentioned, Kyle is a good example of that. And uh, so I think it just got better. I mean, yeah. as you, as you get more mature and I mean, and how old is he at this point? Is he 25 even when this album yeah, comes out? Yeah. If that, um, so yeah, still, uh, still honing the craft of of that. But yeah, everything about it is firing on all cylinders. We've got the violin, which again I think is always awesome how they get that in the mix right, and it's not a gimmick because uh, everything about punk rock, punk rock with a violin sounds like it's going to be a gimmicky thing, but they do it so well. It's super unique, and and this yeah, and you're right. LP is just owning it. He's so good. Um, he is one of the best drummers from that time and i feel like doesn't get enough credit yeah and i don't know why um i have no idea why maybe it's just because the, the the band was so great and his drumming never like did the talking like it's it's like covertly awesome but it's not in your face like barker's style is a little more in your face awesome this is a little more back in the mix awesome i don't know maybe and that's it they might have been they might have been one of the, i mean kyle you I mean, first of all, you and Chris are way more into punk rock than, than I was. I like it a lot, but I mean, you guys are in into a lot of bands that even more obscure and stuff like that. I mean, they're a really talent. They're a group of really, really talented musicians. Like it's not just LP. I mean, it's like the new oh, guitarist. Yeah. I mean, Ben Harper could shred too, but like Ryan Mendez is just He's going to town yep. on this record on guitar solos and stuff. And then, you know, obviously you got the violin it's not just like, he's not playing easy stuff either. And so they're all shredding and like, you can tell that metal kind of influence. Uh, but I mean, they're really good musicians for playing pop punk, uh, yep. in my opinion. And, and they shine on this one. Um, well, let's go to track two fighting. Here we go. You were everything right and it wasn't you but me that changed now. It's in the fade out there, but I love that little drum part he does. Like where he's alternating from the snare to the hi-hat and stuff. Uh, anyway, Kyle, what are your thoughts on track two, Fighting? So I know a lot of times we talk about how stupid it is for people to want, you know, a repeat of of the record that they love, that they want a band to stay the same. But this is this is a very Ocean Avenue song. Yeah. and And so... Before I said the first song, you know, had piqued my interest. But at this point, I'm like, they're back, baby. You know, like, or at least I'm pretty hopeful that they are. Um, love this song. And also, uh, it's pretty it's pretty rare for me to love a uh, a verse more than a chorus. And, and I, I love I the same note. I mean, th- <laughs> this this verse is killer. The like the rhythm of the vocals. Yes. I love Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I had the same note that the 
courses are fine. Like you're right. It, it, this would fit on ocean Avenue, but gosh, the, the, I love the verses on this. Um, and they're like wordy and I like the rhythm of it. And yeah, it's a cool, cool verses. And again, good instrumentation. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? You you lit up the same way. (laughs) I was guys. I was bananas for the verses too. Loved it. Uh, I, I, I literally wrote down the verse lyric syncopation with the drums. It sounds so, uh, perfect and effortless. And plus I love it when, you know, those little songwriting tricks, like how he starts, uh, with said, I'd move on. And then the second verse, he says, said, I'm okay. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I like that too. I, I love that. I love those little, um, those little nods, you know, uh, little, yeah. little ways to, to keep things creative and keep things interesting. Uh, I think they knew it too. I mean, they end with half a verse. I mean, right, the song right. ends with the the said that I'd fight for the ones that I found gonna stay here for the you know and so it basically is the verse at that point um, which uh, is uh, I think they that's why they knew I mean they knew it was a good one too so um, okay shall we go to uh, shrink the world or do we have any other uh, synced notes on on songs we really don't th- talk about this before we get I, on the I podcast think, uh, I think we had all written down that it kicks butt yes it does good second song as, as you I'm I'm even more optimistic at this point, two tracks mm-hmm. in. I'm like, okay, we've done two good songs. Uh, let's keep going. Let's go to uh, Shrink the World then, track three. Let's go to you first on Shrink the World so that you can steal Kyle's note instead of him stealing your note. Yeah. Uh, I don't quite know how to describe this. I don't know what you call it in drumming. As a drummer, I should know, but when you kind of, when you, when you carry over, you, you'll do four on the floor, but you carry that bass drum note over. Oh, to the You know snare? what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he does that on the chorus. It sounds so great. Um, and uh, I, I, I kept putting down guitars so great, question mark, exclamation point. It's like I just couldn't, like, I couldn't get exci- enough excitement about how the, how every song the guitar sounds so good. I, you you guys will have to tell me. Is this? We have kind of the same tone for each song, right? But I mean, it, it, it just keeps being spectacular. I don't know. It, is it is it enough to just say it surprises me every time? Like a new song, and I'm just yeah. They like... definitely like dimed the gain on this stuff, which I <laughs> yeah. like. I mean, they were they were not running it at four on a lot of this no no i Um, I imagine a lot of uh earplugs being used uh while while they were recording yeah no they Um, sound so good and i i I watched um his i don't remember if i i don't remember did when we did ocean avenue had he done his uh podcast with jim atkinjet at that point i don't remember if we talked about that or not uh anyway his um um pass through frequencies episode with jim atkins and he talks about how he was just always in this band with these guys that were like way better musicians than he was. He's like, and I'm a good musician, but like, I'm, this I was is Ryan talking? Enough, this is Ryan talking. Oh. And he was just talking about how he would be, um, you know, he'd come up with some guitar, you know, or something or whatever. But then like those other guys in the, like Ryan Mendez and like Sean and all these guys were just really like, Oh, and then we could do this. And he was like, it was like they were speaking a different language sometimes because they actually like were really good. One fifth and, above, and, do, and let's do yeah. a G major. <laughs> oh, and a so, 
that's that's fun to be able to take your song and they're like hey i'm i'm writing this you know and he's a good guitarist too but he's like i'm doing the rhythm stuff and then they're putting all this super flashy awesome stuff on it and uh he just always had the benefit of being around those people one of the interesting things though is because he was talking about how you know they're always doing extra string stuff sometimes so it's like ryan will arrange not ryan sean uh will would like arrange other strings and they'd bring other string players in but they might be like want to tweak something and they were he was like those people's brains don't work that way if it's not on the page they can't play it he was like and i'm so jealous of the fact that they can like sean could like change something on the page and they can just look at it and play it. He was like, and I just want that so bad. And then they're like amazed that I can write a song. Cause that doesn't make any sense to them. They're not creative in that sense, even though they're phenomenal musicians. I just thought that was an interesting, specifically in that band, since there are strings involved in the, you know, string players that are that good and playing in studio sessions. Like that's what they do. They can like yeah. sight read something the very first time and nail it. Um, and Wait. it was just funny that they were both jealous of each other and they were like, kind of, they didn't understand how, he didn't understand how their brains worked that way. And they didn't understand how his brain worked. Like, Hey, what if we change that to this? Like in the moment, like going, Oh, you know, it'd sound good if you hit this note here. Yeah. Um, I just we, think that's really interesting. And we've talked about this phenomenon with Michael Jackson before too, right? Where, where he kind of like, he wasn't like a spectacular musician, but he, he would kind of give he these ideas. Music. He just, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. knew what to do. And so, yeah, it's, it's, maybe it's a better tool for songwriters to have to not be that great. So seems to work I, out for him. I tend to lean that way for a lot of people. I think that um, a lot of them at least know how to dial it back. Like they know how to go like, okay, I can simplify this because it makes for the better song and stuff. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a good song. I think we're three tracks in and it's pretty good. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think it kicks butt. I think the guitar shredding is excellent. Um, and and you, one of you guys said a couple tracks back, maybe, maybe Chris, it is it is kind of metally, you know. Yeah. Obviously, they're they're inspired by metal guitars, and it starts to show more on this record. And and I like um, I like the starting on the low chorus on yeah. this one. And I also really like it when um, when when the melody, like when you when you play around with melody and phrasing, and you br- kind of break up the narrative a little bit. You know, if I could, then I'd. Yeah. Uh, shrink the world tonight. Like I, I kind of dig that you have to kind of pay attention to what's going on. And I, I really like the melody to uh, this course. Yeah. You mentioned metal. Yeah. Th- this is the first trill solo I've heard on a punk pop album for sure. <laughs> 30 second notes or whatever. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. And so, yeah, three tracks in, I'm like, okay, I think we're back. I think we're, I'm feeling confident that the rest of this record's not going to, fall off a cliff maybe at this point i'm pretty Um, sure they're not gonna light and sound me right yeah (laughs) and uh and i wanted gaslight and sound you wait yeah does it work that works yeah Yeah. it it kind of did feel like that like we got the rug pulled out from underneath this although it still had some pretty good songs on it uh anyway let's go to track four keeper someone to turn to that could never
uh, I I bet I can guess one of your notes, but I'm just gonna let you talk first and see what you see what you say. And, I mean, I I feel like I I was already going to say it. It's a mixtape must. <laughs> I thought that might happen. And uh, keep talking. We'll see if you get. I I yeah. I think I've got a couple notes that you were, might have. Were you were you gonna say? Were you are you were you thinking this is a Sacred Heart song? No no no. I was okay. just I was thinking you might mention. Uh, that you like the line. Uh, I wish there was something inside me oh, to keep d- you abso- beside me. A- absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a great I mean, line. Yeah, it, I think I don't think that um, I don't I don't think that he was uh, bad at lyrics ever, uh, but I do think he's getting better, and I think he gets better and better. And so, yeah, there's there's some great lines on this record, and and it's a good ballad. You know, it's I mean, is I, I guess is it a ballad? It's it's slower. Uh, it's not quite because it's it's a yeah. little more introspective, except for that to yeah. keep you beside me part. And yeah. I also wonder. I mean, he. Well, I mean, we're not quite there yet, but I mean, very clearly, there's at least one song on this album that's about Ben leaving the band. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, totally. It's not about. So, I mean, I look at this song and I'm like, this could also be about Ben leaving the band. Yeah, like it's not possibly. necessarily romantic. Uh, and anyway, I I think that's um interesting and it's like generic enough that it could be different things to different people but yeah a couple of those lines are really good lines that well, something we, it, inside me to keep you beside me is that could be like in a country song we've That's talked about song. stuff like this before where like it's almost better when when it could be about a number of things it's not necessarily romantic but it totally could be romantic right it's be- it's like it reaches more people you know i agree i think being a little vague is better than being totally on the nose all yep. the time. I mean, sometimes it works, uh, but it, it's still interesting to me. Like when you look up any song and, and the word meaning after it, it's like, you know, you'll have a bunch of different people that interpret stuff. And unless you've got some like link to an interview with the guy that wrote it about what it's about, it's like, it's just people spitballing what they think it might be about. And, and most of the time it ruins it. <laughs> It does a lot of times. Uh, don't, no, don't meet your heroes. Don't find out what the songs are really about. Sometimes I have to know because if something's so specific, like if if something seems like they're really talking about something specific, I do want to know. I'm like, what happened here? I just, uh, but for the hey, most part, I like not knowing. I'm with you. And at the same time, sometimes when something is so specific on the nose, it's awesome. You guys know that. <laughs> The song Dog Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine is about how she gave up eating hot dogs. No. <laughs> no freaking way. Are you kidding me? Is that real? I, Are you I pulling our heard, chain? No, I have heard that that is true. Like, I, she stopped eating meat she was get, she, and she wrote a song about giving up hot dogs. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that again because I don't believe you. I think you're making me Google something that's going to take me to like a gotcha page. Like you've got the domain with the top Google search. But, this sounds but like a great Kyle prank. L- listen to it with that in mind. <laughs> uh, hey, I've got so I've got a I've got one like that on this record too. So okay. uh, when we get actually, it's going to be the next track. But let's go to Chris first and get his thoughts on Keeper. Keeper, great song. Um, the that lyric, I wish it would have stood out to me more because you guys both talked about it. But uh, the, the lyrical piece that stuck out to me the most is just the, uh, you know, how he kind of breaks down that course in the same way and he kind of changes it a little bit. And, and just the way he delivers that line, I should have told you everything. 
just mm. God hits me right in the guts, yeah. man. Good which one. can we talk about again? Ryan's superpower, which is bridges, which that's the bridge. Yeah, that's uh, he's oh, so yes. good at bridges. I wrote he's... down bridge question mark because I was like, I guess that counts. It's still, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an kind iteration of, of the chorus. But yeah, because it, it is, yeah. but it's got it's kind of more like a B chorus maybe. But I mean, yeah. it's kind of where the bridge would be. So uh, yeah, it's great, and I I think it is definitely his superpower is bridges. I would have put more bridges as clips on this one, but there's also just like so many good like guitar solos and verses and i feel like this one was a one of those that's really hard to pick 30 seconds for a clip because really some of these songs i'm like well but i want this part and i want the intro i want the outro i like um yeah they nailed it and i i agree it's like it's a little ballady it's a good fourth track spot i feel like um and a good tune overall and like i said i agree kyle i think he's becoming a better lyricist in general uh, because he's a little more vague, partially. Because I feel like Ocean yeah. Avenue had less of that. I feel like Ocean Avenue was more, you kind of knew what the song was about, probably. Yeah. Um, whereas this one's a little more vague on some of it. And I think that makes stuff a little more accessible sometimes, although maybe I'm wrong. But, okay, let's go to uh, to uh, track five, which is Light Up the Sky. Chris Monier, we're going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on Light Up the Sky? Glad you picked that clip because the ba- baseline change up right there on that chorus is a great, great, great move. Bass players unite. Kyle, I think bass players are the best. You know I never have anything bad to say about you guys. Yep, only good things. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, uh, dude, the, the song's got kind of like a cool dance feel at the beginning, but then it gets all mellow and like introspective in the chorus. Ryan Key, man, he can, I like the, you know, he really has a way of, um, you know, keeping things interesting, keeping things dynamic. So this is a, it's a good song. Good choice for a single, I think. Uh, maybe not the strongest single in the whole album, but a good choice for a single. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I agree with my birthday, buddy. It's a okay. great song. I'm, um, I'm a little confused by the single pick on this one, but it is a good song. I do really like it, but I do... I would love to have known what the discussion was because yeah. I, I do feel like there are other ones oh, yeah. that would have been I, better. I, I agree. Totally. There's better songs yeah. on the album. Completely yeah. agree with you. I just I just still dig the song. Yeah, I, I think I can see why they went with it, but I, that's exactly what my what I was thinking, Blake, was, uh, but why? I, I get it. <laughs> it's not terrible, <laughs> but there, there's some, there could have been some different, different choices there. Interesting pick. Okay, so I have a weird, uh, here's how I interpret this song. And I know it's wrong. I know, I'm not even wrong. He, like, okay, so he wrote, he's got a couple songs where he writes basically like, it's like a movie. I mean, he like literally takes the movie, like, um, um, How I Go is just Big Fish in a song. Mm. Um, so he's done that before. You know what movie this makes me think it's about? And it, it can't be because he, this album came out before the movies came out. But it is, I, I, this is the dumbest thing. You guys are going to think I'm ridiculous. <laughs> it, it sounds like a bromance love song between Gordon and Batman from Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. The ah, lyrics ah, work ah. so 
well with it and it couldn't possibly be because like but you know how like in dark knight rises he like batman's over in the dark and he's like light it up and has gordon light up that bat signal on the bridge or whatever it, it, like, this is what it's about this that's is what, what that's about, about is yeah, i feel like but i mean think okay think about this the first the first verse you're making a choice to live like this and all the noise i am silence we uh we already know how it ends tonight you run in the dark through a firefight and i would explode just to save your life i mean it sounds like and he even talks about putting on a disguise at one point. I mean, there's all these like little lyrical reference, which I, as a huge Batman fan, like to think of as a Gordon and Batman bromance love song, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I don't obviously was probably not Ryan Key's uh, goal in this, uh, considering this came out uh, before either one of those movies. I mean, I guess uh, Batman Begins is out at that point, but it hadn't quite developed um, uh, the thing where like Jordan or Gordon uh, takes the the you know bullet in the second one spoiler alert it's been 13 years though, since dark knight came out uh if you've not seen dark knight yet you probably should uh so that's what i feel like uh, the song is about which is my um my silly thing so it, it feels a little bit like it feels a little bit like a sacred heart song for me a little bit yeah because of that but um but for a batman movie um if christopher nolan would have put a spider-man 2 style soundtrack to uh the dark knight maybe this could have been on it <laughs> Uh, but that's not his style. Uh, so let's go. Yeah, to that Shadow. movie would have hit different with Ryan <laughs> Ryan Key's song in the middle. With the yellow card songs <laughs> in, in the middle of Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah, that might not have worked. Um, we were uh, we were out of the soundtrack phase at that point. Um, that was a kind of gap um, in that period of time. Okay, let's go to Shadows and Regrets. Let's go to you first. Thoughts on Shadows and Regrets? Well, I think this is a Sacred Heart song. Okay. Just personally, I could I can see John Dorian, uh, you know, especially a, a video montage of him working after he at, lost uh, a patient, maybe. Yep, after he lost a patient, exactly. Yeah. Um, I can hear that. I I I really like it, and again, I think. I think that uh, he's getting better at writing songs, and it's just—it's just a good song. I mean, I—I I, I dig it. That's all I got. Allegedly, uh, this view from heaven and oh crap, what's the other song? Um, See me smiling from the next record are all about uh, his buddy Shad, something that was in a band. He's a drummer. Hmm. Um, Shad's or Scott Shad is his name. Um, and he was like his best friend that died in a car wreck, and that makes sense. Uh-huh. But I mean, as far as again, we're talking about like songwriting progression. Like, I like View from Heaven a lot. It's a great song, but great this song. is a better song about that grief. Yeah. And then yeah. I think uh, See Me Smiling is even better than this. Like, so I mean, it's like this thing he keeps returning to. Obviously, it's like a big deal in his life, uh, as it would be. Um, and the bridge of that on that next tune that on that see me smiling, I mean, just kills me every time. So I, I agree. I think he's getting better. Um, as these, uh, as these go on, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on shadows and regrets? 
great song. Um, who does acoustic with the violin better? I mean, everyone tries to do it, but these guys like you know wrote the book on it. Um, so, uh, but uh, one thing that stuck out to me on this song was how the drums come in on kind of a low key song. Once again, I'm not sure if this is ballad ter- if this is a ballad, but it's ballad territory. Um, yeah, it's and- a lament. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Which is um, ballady, you know. Yeah, uh, but uh, it- it's hard to make that interesting drum beat works so well in a low-key song and uh, he does it very well also uh, you know, ryan pretty does a pretty good job of showing off his pipes on this song I mean, he's did some getting up there a little it sounds great oh yeah um that, that you know i never think of him as definitely think of him as a strong vocalist but i never i'm like oh man ryan king can sing you know like but i, I feel like he does a really good job on this song he does i agree i agree with that i think he's uh flexing a little bit for sure on some of those notes and i like it i'm fine with that uh yeah i mean i think you can definitely uh consider you know the sad song ballady you know for sure that's fine i think what is it that uh there's a great switchfoot john foreman line every lament is a love song i'm like that's a pretty good that's a yeah that's a solid solid line so uh so we'll give him that uh okay let's go to track seven um which oh my gosh I like this one so much. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about it. Okay, here we go. Five becomes four. picked the outro for that one for obvious reasons i couldn't 30 seconds of this song was impossible uh chris we're gonna go to you first we were all grinning like schoolgirls while the clip was playing i mean forbidden beat what comes in and this it's like this this is uh it's almost like a tribute um to the first album like in a in a way uh, but but done with like the skills and production and talent that they now have, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like if it, it's almost like they took took that moment in time and were like, okay, if we were to write a song from our first record, but but with all the things we have now, this is what it would sound like, and it, and it sounds so great. There's also a, a phenomenal bridge rock breakdown thing that you were able to play. I mean, yeah, there's there's too many things. To Everything pick. about this song is phenomenal. So, there's a band that Kyle. I don't know how are they affiliated with Craig's brother. Craig's brother's like the uh, poor man's yellow Ryan, card. No, well, Ryan played for them. That's what it is. Yes, he yes. He played guitar, yeah. Yes, and this song's also got some Craig's brother. Craig's brother's It does have Craig's song. brother. <laughs> yeah. You're right, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, uh, you should check that band out if you, um, if you, if you like yellow card, then that's a deep cut for you. Craig's brother's a good band. Yep. And if you don't want to waste your time with all of it, listen to Homecoming because they peaked with that song. There you go. That's Sometimes. all you really need. Yeah. <laughs> like it is the best Craig's brother song. Good it's to know. Bop. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Kyle, do you have uh, thoughts on five becomes four? It is a freaking awesome song. It's such a cool concept. And, and also like 
one of my favorite things about uh, Ryan is, and the way that he writes is uh, I feel like sometimes people can be vulnerable and it doesn't read as authentic and or and like every time that he is vulnerable i i just think it's so cool like writing a song about your band member that left it i mean probably i probably relate to it because i was in a band but i still think it's freaking cool and also you talked about how he returns to these themes and uh one of my favorite songs that comes later on from yellow card is the sound of you and me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I mean, I, I love how he'll write a song about anything that means something to him. And yeah, um, I really like this one. One of my favorites on the record. This is one of my favorite songs ever period. Not yellow card. It's definitely one of my favorite yellow card songs. It's one of my favorite songs. I just love it. A, it it has got an energy that is amazing. I love the start of the little clean guitar mm-hmm. and uh, that little intro, and then everything comes in just on firing on all cylinders. That that violin hook line is awesome. Uh, all of the guitar parts are awesome, especially that outro where it's just that it's two guitars and that bass line just rocking. And then it goes up to that high one. I mean, I just love it. I love the harmonizing stuff. I love the lyrics. I love, I've never heard a song about a band member leaving that like left me wrecked in a way. Yeah. Like I love the line. Um, Oh gosh. Where's the, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I just love like when you're all alone with a melody, you close your eyes and sing and think of me. Uh, will you still hear me singing anymore? Uh, that's just great stuff. And then I love the, remember the line, never say die. I mean, and you were the reason I survived. I just, so good. Great bridge. Everything. There's nothing bad in this song. It's just, it's awesome. Chris and I went to their kind of farewell tour in Austin outside at, uh, where, what, what was it at? Uh, wasn't Stubbs. It was, um, now I can't remember. It's on the East side. I can picture it. It, it, It's not a venue that, um, that show would have been, should have been at. It, just, yeah. it didn't fit. It was perfect for the show, but it like that. Yeah. It was like a jazz. It was weird. Yeah, it yeah, was a weird. Yeah. I can't remember where it was. Anyway, uh, and they played this song, and I mean, it went crazy. I mean, every you could tell like everyone loves this song. Uh, that was a they 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 made a great set list for that uh, kind of fi- that farewell tour or whatever. Uh, anyway, we were hey, uh, rocking oh. out for sure to this one because it was high energy. Uh, do do you guys know? Is the sound of you and me is is it about Ben as well or is it about Ryan? I don't know. I think it's about Ben, and I think it's him kind of coming coming around to the other side of, you know, well, being they, mad at someone. And they and, played together again after that. Right. Um, they did a few shows where Ben played with them again too. Um, and so I don't know. Um, I don't know who. It is. I'm sure a quick Google search later will possibly yeah. yeah so uh but yeah it's an interesting thing I, like i said i don't think i'd heard a song with about a band member leaving or something and uh and yeah i think people forget that that's a thing that happens all the time and it sucks sometimes it's not it's not all uh you know I, you you see how seriously like fans take it i mean it might be it's these are guys you are with all the time. Um, and, uh, I can see why that would be a thing. Like I said, he didn't, he didn't lack of talent after that. It's not like the band didn't have a good guitarist in their next one, but, uh, you know, obviously they were buds. They've, they've been playing together for a long time at that point. 
uh, yeah, it's just a phenomenal song. I really can't, uh, I can't say enough that that 30 second clip's not enough. If you haven't heard that full song, you need to go listen to it right now. Just pause this podcast, go over to that, listen <laughs> to it, come back. Uh, cause yeah, it rocks, it rocks my world and I think it will uh, rock yours as well. Uh, so then we go to, uh, what are we track eight now? Uh, track is afraid. Let's go. Chris Monier, let's go to you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on track eight, Afraid? This is probably the most pop-friendly song, I think, on the record. It's a it's a great pop song. I think if it wasn't so fast, it could have been like a top 40, like... Well, but why, I mean, song. this feels like a better single than, um, yeah. than Light Up the Sky. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I, I, I think so, absolutely. Great, great, great chorus. Guitar sounds so good. The ver- And, and another... Um, Another Ryan Key moment where the ver- the verse is almost as good as the chorus, but the yep. chorus is just a little better. It's because well, it's because it's the chorus, but it, yep. it's a, a you know it, it's sing alongable and and hopeful and yeah, would have been a good single. Chris, I mean Chris Kyle. Oh, uh, sorry. Let me go ahead. Chris, so why I are you think it's a good single. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. How about, how about Kyle instead? Kyle, you tell us your thoughts on a frame. I agree. I like it better than Light Up the Sky. Um, it's a good single. It's, and, and, and it's and and I also agree. It's a great verse. Um, he's good at that. Um, yeah. I mean, I like. How many tracks are are we on eight now? We're on eight. Yeah, we're uh, a little more than halfway through. We've got eight, eight tracks in. I'm all in so far. Yeah, not been a bad one yet. I love the uh, that tremolo feedback that's happening mm. on that verse yep. that, me, 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 and it comes uh, i just think that's a cool little production trick that i'm sure neil avron was like hey let's try this out um that's where i think you get a little bit of his ear candy that he's really good at um with them and taking i, I mean i assume like maybe it's maybe it's someone else's idea but I'm sure to sound like an engineer would have been like no this will be cool um yeah it's a good song and i think it i think it could have been i think it could have been a single um uh, especially because, like I said, the verses are, I think, as good as the chorus and almost hooky in a way. Um, but, hey, they didn't ask us. What do you know? Um, which is weird. Maybe people should start asking us, A, what should our track order be? Yep. Uh, which, by the way, so far, they're nailing it on this one. So no so complaints about track order so far. Uh, they're doing a good job of changing the pace sometimes. Um, and... Uh, but without losing us like in, in the weeds. Um, and then people should also ask us what should be the first single. I think we should start a consulting group uh, that we just do that. Okay. And, uh, and we'll make, I do it for a small fee. Yeah. Dozens of dollars yeah. is what we'll Don't make. And we'll buy ice lot. cream. Uh, okay. Let's go to uh, the next track, which is Dateline parentheses. I am gone.
Kyle, let's go to you first. Dateline, what are your thoughts on so, Keith Morrison? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the uh, the the very beginning of the clip that you played, I feel like that guitar tone is the beginning of a sound for them. Yes. Like a new direction. Um, in particular, <clears throat> we get that on Southern Air and even developed further on Lift a Sail. Like that's there. It, it just kind of has that sound to it. Um, I'll tell you what that sound is in case you're curious. Uh, I know on that last record, they did some like drop C stuff. They were like way tuned down and I'm pretty sure this, this is tuned down too. That is definitely lower than drop D. Yeah. That might be C sharp, but it's, it's definitely lower and they have this cool, like chunkiness. You're right. They kind of, they, they start using a little bit more and I bet, I'd have to, I could go figure it out, but I, I'm pretty sure this might be dr- at least dropped a little bit lower than D. Well, um, it, like it reminds me of, um, in particular, what is the, what was the single? Is it transmission home or something like that? Uh, that on the last that, record. Yeah. 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 That guitar part. Oh yeah. Makes me think of that. So, um, Oh, yeah. also it kicks butt. Yeah, they do. They do quite a bit of that, uh, in coming records, like do some alternate tuning and lower tuning stuff. Um, which is interesting because that's not really a thing that is definitely more of a metal thing than it is a pop punk thing. Um, but it does fit nice and it also adds a little bit of space for that violin too, Mm -hmm. which is, I think a a benefit to it with them is that the guitars get just a little bit lower. Um, yeah, I'm into the sound. You're right. I didn't think of that, but this is kind of the start of that, uh, somewhat of a signature guitar sound. We'll call it again. I don't know if that's all them. If that's Neil, Neil again. I can't talk. I cannot talk enough about Neil Avron's uh, ability to just get the best guitar sounds. Doesn't matter what the guitar sound is, though. Like whatever it is for that band, I feel like he's, he is get it. so good at it. Adds um, a little seasoning. Just makes it perfect. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good at it, uh, and obviously that comes from an engineering background. But man, uh, I've just there's not a yellow card song that has bad guitar tone in anything that Neil Iveron touched. And so they greatly benefited from that. I think he's the right. And then he went on to do a ton of other records too. So uh, good, good for him. Okay. So let's go to dear Bobby. Together all these years, this house that we have made holds 20,000 days. The memories we've saved since life has led us here. And I'll be Ryan starts playing piano a little bit around this time too, which is a, a kind of fun new dynamic, especially if you've got string players at your disposal. So uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on, on dear Bobby? Okay. So I'm glad you went to me first because I, I, I feel super conflicted about this song Okay, because they're the things that I love. I love so much and the things that I don't love just don't hit quite for me. And I got to say that like, his grandpa on there is just too much for me. Okay. And like, I know that it's real. And so I appreciate it. Like 
I'm not trying to be disrespectful to his grandpa or anything, but like, it's too much. It's uh, it's so it's unrelatable. You know how like you guys all record music, so True. you know how like everybody is like, oh, I'm doing this song about about childhood i need to get a gang of kids in here to sing and it's like oh yeah what a great original idea and like anybody anybody that's ever recorded music is like that's a bad idea and and you know that they're gonna go there uh and you just kind of entertain it and i feel like i feel like ryan was like hey guys so I wrote this song and I really think it would be cool if I get my grandpa who's really old and not going to be with us much longer to come in and say these sweet things about my grandma. And what do you think? And like, no one's going to say no to that. And they just let it happen. And I feel like it pulls you out of the song a little bit. And then the other complaint I have is like, first of all, the chorus I think is brilliant uh, and simple Cause if I die, then I die loving you. I love that so much. But then the, I think the line about 20,000 days is so bad. Like that is just a bad line. <laughs> uh, see, I like that line. That's what's funny. I was going to so, say, I like that one, but, but overall I love the song and the things that I dislike about it. I just wish, I just wish they were different. And I love Sean's backgrounds on this one. He's a, yeah, um, that's a great point. He's, he, he I love that he does the background vocals, um, on this kind of call and answer stuff for them a lot. Mm-hmm. And they have, they blend well cause they sang together for a totally. long time. Uh, so I, I, I love it. And, and there are things that I wish weren't <laughs> on it. So, okay, Chris, let's go to you next. What are your, what are your thoughts on it? Under your I felt the same. Uh, yeah, I felt the same way. Like it's not. It, it it's definitely the one on here. I'm almost like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think. Uh, I thought of the movie Signs when Kyle was talking about about it. Like how the guy he can only swing at every pitch, and I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. what Ryan did on the side. He's like he swung so hard, and sometimes he nailed it, and then ooh, when he whipped, he really whipped. That's all. <laughs> so I'm conflict. I'm conflicted because I I do remember initially when you hear this record being definitely taken out of it with the recordings. Yeah. Um. And, but I think that a I have a, I have a, I have an adversity to that in general. I don't like talking on like my, you know, every hip hop album ever that thinks that they're comedians in between tracks with this stuff where it's like not funny and it Mm -hmm. takes me out of the song to song thing at least there's music behind this um but then i think the more i listened to it the more it became endearing and and did um i don't know if i want to say makes the song better but because like the song would be we know what the song was about anyway it's not like the lyrics are vague or something right i think it makes sense but i i don't know i kind of like the little i think they grew on me and so i think that um eventually i think that it's better with it because the context without it would be too cheesy does that which sounds weird for me to say that the recordings of the grandpa take it down a notch in the cheesiness um and it makes because to me, it's like if this was just a love song, it'd be too much. But because I know it's a love song about his grandparents, somehow that makes it like, okay, I like this now more than I would have if I didn't have the clips. So I think I came around to it. Um, and I, 
he he can be sometimes when he gets a little sappy that's when i think he's the worst at lyrics if that makes Mm -hmm. sense and there's a couple of them in here that are kind of like that it's like um he does the same thing there's a couple other songs i'm trying to think of that i feel like have when he gets a little sappy i just kind of go oh i don't know it's not quite hitting me the way um, I think it's because it gets too he gets too specific and it and it's no longer right. could be about anything. This is like only can be about this. I think sometimes when he gets a little sappier, but who am I to talk about people with sappy lyrics? Um, I certainly can't judge because um, I do it too. So I think, but I think it grew on me enough. I mean, spoiler alert! It's it's gonna be my growing on a show because mm. of that. Um, and um, oh. do you remember? Yeah, I do. <laughs> he does have a cartoonish almost uh, <laughs> voice. I think, and that may be part of the problem. I think that yeah. that might be the thing that's bothering. The new Killers album is like this too. I don't know if you guys have listened to it at all, but it's like all in between every song is these talky interview things and stuff. Mm. And I think it's almost, it is the same kind of thing. I remember it jarring me. Keep in mind, this album's been out for like a month at this point, but it like jarred me at first. And then like, as I've listened to it a few times, I realized like, like, yeah, but these are really adding a lot of context to what this whole album's about. And so, um, I end up liking it, but it's not one of the, it does. I agree. I don't like how it just takes me out of where I'm, where I was at this point sometimes, but I think it works for the song. I don't know. We probably talked about that longer than (laughs) we needed to, but uh, let's go to track 11, uh, which is you and me in one spotlight. Monier, what are your thoughts on track 11? Yeah, so... I don't know how to say this. It, 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 I, I do like this song, but some of these songs start, are starting to feel... Some of the songs start to feel the same at this part of the album. I, we're we're going to get to a little more rocking at the end. But, I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about this song. Like, I mean, he shows off his pipes a little bit. Um, it's a good tune, but... I don't know. Just didn't hit me. Hit me hard or anything. Just all right, Kyle. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say he's talking about doing it on this song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just worth... got shy. Maybe that's why I was like, I don't want to talk about this song. I don't know. I feel weird. Stop, Ryan. <laughs> and and uh, and I think it's. I think it's like the nicest song about doing it. Any <laughs> any pop punk guy ever wrote. <laughs> Maybe more subtle than like Boys to Men, I'll make love to you. But yeah, it's, uh... it is. Um, I I mean I I like it, and, and uh, honestly, at the I think I I really do think that um, how much I did not like lights and sounds <laughs> affected how much I liked this record. I'm like, yeah, Wait, so yeah you, I'll take it. I so like this verdict. You didn't like lights and sound just to be clear. Totally. Clear. Oh yeah. I'm just Let kidding. me clarify. We weren't sure yet. Uh, not, not that one was a no for me. Dudes. <laughs> no for me. Um, 
but but uh, yeah, I, I like this song, and and I think also he's just. I mean, I get what Chris is saying, um, and also I think that he's just it's it's something he's good at. He can write a he can write a slow he can he can write a slow jam, you know. So I I think that's what he's doing. But I I also the song always makes me laugh because it is like the cleanest song about boning I've ever. Uh, see, heard. I've not gotten that. I mean, I do see where you're coming at with the lyrics, but there's a few <laughs> lyrics where I'm like, it doesn't work then for me. Because like, what about um, I say mean, you'll get me before the ending, <laughs> take my body, set my heart free. <laughs> that's fair, but oh, like, what God. so? One more show, one last time. I guess that could just be maybe it's the last time they're doing it. <laughs> Dude, what's the funny final to me time. about that is that I think the, when we did Ocean Avenue, we talked about how at the time everybody was talking about how much they hated their dad, and he was like, I liked my dad. He worked really <laughs> hard cool. for us. He's such a wholesome guy, even when he's talking about doing it. He's like, mm, just really enjoyed it, girl. <laughs> if he's if he's talking about boning, the best line is it won't be long now. <laughs> Oh my god, that's too oh, good. Just, just being totally honest, <laughs> this will not this take will long. Will not take long. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it will change the song for you. Just listen to yeah, it. Yeah, no, oh. it's now my it's my new favorite. Thank you. Now I'm. I don't. This is where I'm like. Now I don't. I, now I want to know. Like I really, I have to know if it, that's what it's really about. And you picked up on that. He calls in. He's like, "Uh, yeah, that's about doing it." I'll tag. I'll tag him on the Instagram post, and let's see if we can get him to answer. That song was also about my grandpa. Jerks. Oh my god. Oh no! Yeah, now I don't want him to listen to this. Uh, I do not want someone I love his music listening to this podcast. Um. Okay. Here's where. Here's where I am. Um. It's it's uh it's less about this song, but I really do think these last three tracks are the strongest like three track ending of of an album. Like as far as like how they go into each other, and I just I think they fit really really well as the last three tracks. This one's a little bit slower, and then the next track, which we'll do in just a second, kind of ramps up quite a bit. Um, and I just feel like it's like they were written almost as like one song. I know that's not the case probably but it does feel like i want to listen to these three songs together when i listen to them i don't ever really want to listen to them separately um because i feel like they really go into each other really well and stuff and i feel like this is the start of that um i feel like the other album that's like that for me is jimmy world chase this light the last three tracks on that album are so good and they feel very similar to this where it feels like these three tracks are meant to be played together i mean i i always feel like the whole album is supposed to be played together but um but man, I really, I, I think that uh, those are two albums that I can think of where I'm just like, God, they finished so strong. And not just with like the last track, but literally with like, no, we're really going to drive this home. And to me, it the combination of like these three tracks, for me, kind of define the what the feel of this album is. Um, and so this kind of starts it, even though I'm with you, like Chris, like I don't, it's not my favorite song on the record by if I had to rank like which ones were better. I don't know that I even necessarily put this above some of the other tracks on the record, but something about the way where it is in the album and how it leads into the next two songs makes it a better song. So this is where the track order for me makes this a better song than maybe if it was somewhere else on the record. Is that a weird 
way no. to think of this? Well, no. And, you know, I, I, I was a little busy the last two weeks, so it, it was hard for me to list this all as one piece. And maybe, maybe just the fact that I broke it up, like it didn't hit me that way. I would That's do that. I do. I'm going to have I, to try that out now. Try it out. I mean, and I do think the chorus gets a little bit, especially when it repeats it, like that melody can get a little bit repetitive uh when it gets repeated but i do really like the verses a lot on this once again i think that he does so many people can throw away a verse because they're like oh i've got the chorus that's what matters and i feel like he does great choruses he also does as mentioned i think bridges are his kind of superpower but um i feel like the verses on this whole album are really good uh there's not like a bad one and it doesn't feel like any of them are throwaway or even um were thought as secondary or lesser than on the choruses and so uh, and this is another one that I, I do really like the the courses and the pre courses specifically. I think they're really good. Um, hey, also Chris, maybe you just need to listen to it and think about boning. <laughs> That's the key. Okay, if you think I'll, of it like that, I'll text you guys before <laughs> I listen to it, and I'll make sure and let you know that. Hey, Kyle. Hey, that. Yeah. I'm hey, gonna Blake. Be that's about what it. Ryan said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We that's will, the key. We'll, <laughs> We, <laughs> oh gosh, so many innuendos with his last the name. Key. Uh, okay, so let's go to uh, track twelve. Cut me, Mick. might seem kind of like a weird clip to pick but i just really love they're so good at that like hey we're doing this chill string quartet kind of thing and then i mean and and it's just this rocking um and i love that they can jump in those dynamics and you don't really think anything of it um it's this is a weird like you hear the intro of this song and if i told you like hey there's gonna be like like a string quartet (laughs) throughout the rest of this you'd be like what what um also i can never ever ever when i listen to this song count it in right from the intro i cannot ever figure out where i'm at something about the way that drum intro is i think the one is where it isn't and by the time they get Mm. to that verse i'm not on the right thing and it doesn't matter how many times i try to count it out i know i'm wrong right when it comes in but uh (laughs) it's just one of those dumb things where it's like I could not count out the intro of this song uh, for for some weird reason. Anyway, what what are your thoughts on uh, Cut Me Mick? Let's go to Kyle first. Dude, I think you picked a perfect clip. And I I agree that going from the strings into that new signature sound, right? Yeah. They're doing it again. And also, I, I refuse to believe that this song is not about Rocky. Oh. That's the line, right? Cut me, Mick, and and uh, you're the one that I need. You know that I can still ble- bleed, bring me back to life. Obviously, it's been a very long time since I've seen Rocky, and so I just yeah. totally forgot about that. And I, this is also one of those things where I just don't pay enough attention to song titles. And really, until I was typing this out today for the clips, I was like, I kind of forgot that this was even called Cut Me, Mick, because he obviously yeah. didn't say it. And he's done that more than once, so that wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, if this well, we was know a... he's a fan of film. Right, yeah. 
Um, that's interesting. I like that. I like that take. Um, Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, on Cut Me Mick, which we now assume is about Rocky? It has to be. That line is definitely from that movie. I I didn't pick up <laughs> on that. Um, yeah, this is a great tune, kind of hiding here. A uh, little peekaboo action at the end of the album, like rocking out. Um, once again, this like percussive, uh, interesting drum beat playing out with the lyrics. I think um, what you said, Blake, kind of hit on the same thing. The count is kind of weird. It's it's hard to figure out exactly what's happening. Um, I'm the same way as you. Like, oh, and I try to count it out. It just doesn't quite seem to work, especially with the intro. Um, and I do have a question for you guys. Why, why did the background vocals on that clip that you play hit so weird? Is it just not normal for for him to be singing just so naked by himself, the uh, the violin player. Is that him or is that yeah? Is that Sean? Or is it That's somebody Sean else? Singing, I thought it was yeah, but it just it, it hit be. it hit me different, um, and I was wondering why that was. Maybe maybe we're just so used to him, you know, singing along with Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sounded good. Um, I think you're right, Kyle. This is probably about Rocky. <laughs> yeah and in a cool way no in a very cool way i like that i think that's a yeah. cool way to write a song i've always kind of wanted to try i've tried it a couple times and it's hard to not be yeah. super on the nose but it's a yep. it's a good kind of songwriting trick of like if you're kind of out of ideas like pick something that you like like a book or a movie and pick one little thing about it or something and, and try to write from some perspective if um, you listen william ryan key is the is was the other song about doing it and was this about Rocky? Please yeah. get back to us. Get back to us. Let us know. We love you. We love your music. Yeah. We're, Except for lights and sounds. We are giant <laughs> we are giant lifetime fans of yours. Please. It's huge fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's true. Yeah. Okay. So the, see, I'm learning new things about this album, even though I've spun it a million times at this point and love it and proves how little sometimes I pay attention to lyrics and including in the title be <laughs> Having cut me, Mick, uh, might uh, that might have been a hint? Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, and he, he's done that a couple times, so including about the Dark Knight before it was even written. He's that talented. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, so let's go to the last track uh, and also the title track, um, Paper Walls. Here we go. Let's take what hurts and write it all down on these paper walls. In this empty house And when our ink runs out We'll burn into the ground Here I am Still hold on to this dream we had Won't let go of it Hear me now You will never be alone Chris, what are your thoughts on the final track? Paper that- Walls is how you end an album. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's got everything. It's a, almost a ballad. It's got yep. the freaking, that metal sound that we're all digging so much on. That 30 seconds if that, after that, the part you didn't, the part you played is like an homage to the very beginning. There's like a little instrumental right. part. And in 30 yep. seconds, that like, eh, that like guitar <laughs> squeaks. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a, a bad A way to end the record. Uh, nice job. Applause. Yeah, especially the outro out of Cut Me Mick into Paper Walls. Yeah. It's like this fluid thing and got the little choir at the beginning of it. And then, yeah, they come in super hard and, yeah, they end it on the right note uh, for <laughs> sure. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Paper Walls? 
Guys, I have nothing more to add than what you've already said. It is indeed bad A, as Chris said. It is very bad A. What a freaking awesome song. And even lyric-wise, like the last verse is like my favorite set of lyrics on the on the album. I just love that whole like, you know, let's take what hurts, write it all down, burning it all. You know, that's such a great verse. I I yep. it is so good and obviously we then have the visual because all the artwork's based on this song too, obviously for it, um, front of it. So the little paper houses and on yeah. the back of the album, they were all burned down. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a cool, most of the time I don't really care about album artwork. Honestly, it's like, it either catches my eye or doesn't. And then I don't think about it anymore, but I liked that they took like a, Oh, this is actually has like a, it's not just a pretty picture. They were like, it had art direction to it. I am. And I liked it. I, it really does elevate this song a little bit more and yeah. the album um and that's a cool thing because that doesn't um i think everyone thinks about their artwork probably more than consumers ever do you know every every person in the band like overthinks the artwork probably mm-hmm. um and and this is a case where i'm glad they took the time to not just put a picture of a girl in a sunset or something like that uh, and kind of like <laughs> make it, which is fine i'm like i'm not dogging on that at all i'm just saying like yeah. that's fine i mean like, the ocean avenue sound i mean cover is also awesome like i'm not like dogging on it i'm just saying like i like that this one does elevate something about uh the track and the the whole album um as general so yeah great final track man again these guys have been really good at this uh, of like the opening track and the closing track. Although I think you guys didn't love the final track on, on uh, ocean Avenue when we talked about that. Do I remember correctly? Am I wrong about that? It's been a while. Yeah. I thought I remember you guys being like, it's okay, but not loving it, but I could be, I could be uh, slandering you right now. I don't know. Maybe you didn't say that. Long time ago. Um, it was a while ago. We maybe have to go we, revisit maybe we, that. Maybe we like it There's now. no way we could find out. There's no, no way we'll ever know. <laughs> yeah. We could just go listen, I guess. Um, Wait, question. Does his grandpa talk on the last song? No. <laughs> oh. Grandpa does not talk on the last song. Um, yeah, it's solid. Uh, okay, so let's go to lasting impressions. Um, what do you guys think? Does it hold up? <laughs> Once again, I laugh every time I ask this question because I think, uh, have we done one that didn't? really hold up at all um kyle what do you thought what are your thoughts it it definitely holds up and i think it it's so obvious that they to me that they correct course with this album yes and and um and i believe that like this is this is them being great and they just keep getting better and better from really from here out um i think i i mean we're going to talk a little bit more about it but i think this is a perfect record i think it's every single song is on it i didn't i don't care for his grandpa being on the on the one song but i still i wouldn't i don't want that song to go away yeah i still really like it um and so i mean it yeah it holds up and it's still really it's super impressive blake you may have mentioned this earlier but like to have a record that doesn't do well um, and doesn't connect and and then to be able to put this out, that's pretty impressive. Um, and, and it probably points to lights and sounds, although none of us really love it. Uh, it'd be hard for us to argue that it probably wasn't the record that they wanted to make. I mean, excuse me, the, it was the re- exact record that they wanted to make because, <laughs> because here they are 
doing their, th- you know, correcting course, doing their thing. And it's like, this is great. And I, d- I think they did so without like just going back to what worked on Ocean Avenue. It's not yeah, like they I just, agree. I this agree. is not confused with Ocean Avenue, in my opinion. Like it, there are a couple songs that maybe could have fit on there. Maybe. Yeah. Tops. Um, but like really even the like, even the like balls of the wall stuff on this is, is harder than anything that was on totally. Ocean Avenue. I mean, and so they, they managed to, yeah, I think it holds up because they, they didn't dig their heels in or give up. They just realized like, okay, we aren't, they didn't even ever say they like thought it was a bad record lights and sounds necessarily. They just thought they like, maybe it just wasn't the right record. Something just, you know, didn't go right. Um, and I think that that's mature um, to realize. And n- nothing about this screams desperation, though. Does that make mm, sense? Right. It's not like, yeah. like I don't feel like they're just like, well, we better go write only one again. Like there's yeah. not, it's not, they're clearly not doing that either. And so um, I like it, and I agree that they continue to do that. And they really, I think they hone in their sound on this record. I think that yep. what Kyle said is right. Like, and that's what I think really makes it hold up is that. They, there's a lot of elements from this album that then happen for the next three or four records that come after this um, and and becomes a stylistic thing that they stick with. And it's easy to get into a rut when you work with the same producer all the time. And I, they're one of the few examples of someone that continues to work with the same producer and with good results. I think sometimes that can be, you know, you make more than three records with someone, it's like you might need to switch it up or else you get a little stale. Right. I don't feel like they got stale. They, um, um, although I wouldn't say there are gigantic production differences between their records, but I do feel like they do a good job of like, there's something that makes it cohesive. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it, it does a good job of that. Chris, what are your thoughts after I've rambled for a bit? <laughs> well, you, yeah, you hit, you hit on probably the most important point. I think the reason it holds up sonically, first of all, it just sounds so good still. So, so, so good, even though yep. it's 13 years old. Um, and it also, it, exactly what you said about how the sound that kind of came to fruition here um, is what makes every record after this so great. And it, it, it it's such an interesting journey for this band because Ocean Avenue is it, like, it's like this little section at the beginning of their career and then life sounds like we have the segue where things don't quite go right. Every album they make after this and then following are, are just chock full of amazing songs. I hope we get to talk about some of the other albums and other episodes. Cause I, I love I'm them sure all. we will. Yeah. I love um, them. Yeah. I better. will continue yeah. to pick yellow card records yeah. for um, a while. It, 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 uh, and whereas they, they weren't playing arenas or like they didn't get green day big or blink One Eighty Two big. I think they were, I think they had a really consistent career of like selling out mid cap venues for, um, the rest of their career. And it's probably because they just kept making really good albums. I think it really started with them, this record going back to their roots a little bit and saying, okay, weird segue, lies and sounds, didn't work out. People didn't like it. Let's not like rewrite Ocean Avenue, but let's take what we've learned, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of put a spin on it and 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 uh, take our experience as songwriters and musicians and uh, what we've learned and, and how much better we've gotten and um, make... They just kept making phenomenal records after this. I agree. So uh, it holds up. 
Okay. So this is uh, this is where the question comes in, and it, you know, we might say something different. This would be interesting to compare it to the the last episode we did for a Yellow Card album. Uh, but is it their best album? Because I bet we we're probably also conflicted. We'll say something different on this one than we did on the last one. So let's go to Kyle first. What uh, do you think it's their best? I, I was just thinking the exact same thing. So I think no, I don't think it's their best, but it it's. It's great. Um, I think they're best. And I think on the last episode, I probably said when you're through thinking, say yes. But I think Southern Air is their best. At least that's where I'm at right now. And also, I th- I really dig that they did what they did on Lift a Sail and just said, you know what? We're going to take this a little bit. We're going to we're going to take this up a notch and be a little bit heavier, a little more, a little a little different than the other yellow card stuff. I love every record that from this point on, I mean, they, they don't put out anything that no. I don't love. So, yeah, I agree um, with that. Uh, Chris, what, what about you? Do you think it's their, their best? Hard to beat Southern air, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with birthday buddy here. That record is so freaking good. Top to bottom. It is, it um, is good. Uh, but uh, yeah, some of say no, um, it would be, but it, 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 if you were to do some sort of point system for all the records, I mean, you'd be like, one would be 97, one would be 94. You know what I mean? It wouldn't, it would right. be close. They, this is, it's one of those for me where I, I adore this album um, enough that the vinyl copy that I own is more expensive than <laughs> most vinyls <laughs> I have because <laughs> uh, it's hard to find. Um, there are people asking like $400 for it on eBay. That's ridiculous. I didn't spend yep. that. Um, but, um, I don't know. It's really hard for me. And I really don't know what I said on the last episode, but I do feel like you're right. What Kyle said is dead on as far as like from here out. I love all the albums that come out and lift to sale took a little longer to, it was, it didn't hit right up front, but I remember having a text thread between us that I was like, guys, I think that lift to sale is like, like a very much a grower. This is before we were even doing this podcast, obviously, but I was like, this is like a huge, like, took me kind of a few, like maybe 10 spin 20 spins or something like that to really, really get into it. So it didn't hit me as fast as like this album did. Like I immediately liked this album. It didn't have to grow on me at all. Um, I, these three in a row specifically are really good. This when you're through thinking, say yes, which I think is a great album title. Uh, and mm. then Southern air. And I'd go back and forth on those two. It really does depend. Like it's almost like where I'm at in life is it, it changes yeah. my, but Southern Air is 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 really good too. I'm kind of with you on that, but I can't I can't pick. It's really hard for me to pick if I think one is their best album or not. Um, but I do feel like because this is the start of them kind of defining themselves a little bit uh, better that they I think they do get a little better at that on the next few records. And I actually really like their final record too. I think it's it's yeah. a it's a great final record. Um, so hard for me to pick on. Is it their best album? What about is it their most important album? I think this one's probably going to be pretty easy. But Chris, what do you think? I don't know. No, I don't think so. No, I mean it was <laughs> kind of a blip. I mean yeah. it wasn't important. It wasn't important for their career. I mean I think it was important that they bounced back. Yes. So in some ways yep. it is. In some ways, if like they don't bounce back, maybe they don't become. They don't get to do the next several records. So in some ways, at that sort of fork in the road kind of situation. It does seem important, but that's also going like that's a what if kind of situation. And it's not important by the standards of it didn't make them super popular. It wasn't a breakthrough record. It wasn't like they invented something new, 
completely on this record. They kind of redefine themselves a little bit, but um, so I think it is an important one. I think it's probably the second most important record. Is that f- fair? Because like Ocean Avenue, Avenue is probably going to be the one that's the most important, but I would say this one, being able to come back after Lights and Sound not working very well, I would say it's their second most important album. Kyle, yeah. what are your thoughts? That could work. Uh, yeah, because it really, it really does bridge the two pieces of their career together, doesn't it? Yeah, even though this is like pre-hiatus, to me it feels like part of the next uh, four albums that come out as opposed to... And so it kind of makes Ocean Avenue and and Lights and Sound kind of on its own little island for me in my head, even though there's like almost no time between Lights and Sound and this album. Uh, it just feels so much different that I can't... I feel like this is the start of the next thing, whereas like Ocean Avenue and Lights and Sound was a different period of time for the band. Maybe that's weird. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I completely agree with you. You can make an argument that it is their most important as far as their career continuing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just as far as success goes, nah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Ocean Avenue is And is there's it. probably not a song that, like, the average person on this album is going to make them feel the way that, like, Only One or Ocean no. Avenue or, I mean, any of those. I mean, but I can tell you as as a fellow fan like yourself that all the record this record and and what came after it are probably more special to me they are ocean avenue and so yeah i mean you you could convince me that in that way we would you know if this record didn't succeed or give them any kind of success maybe or if they don't make this record we definitely don't get the rest so um but no, yeah. Or even if Ocean they wait Avenue. too long. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, exactly. even the gap. I mean, the fact that they then go on a hiatus the next year. What if they don't make this album before they decide to go on a hiatus? And then maybe right. they never come back, or maybe they don't have that juice in the tank of having an album they're really proud of. And like I said, again, I'm not saying they weren't proud of Life and Sound, but they admitted that it maybe it was a little dark, maybe it was a little angsty, maybe it was like not the right thing for the time. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a curious... Uh, curious thought that's kind of the first one i feel like we've had that has like it's sort of a linchpin yeah but we don't like no one would list it as an important album of which is a bummer because i think it's one of the best pop punk albums of that decade for sure especially because we don't get when you're through thinking say yes until what 2010 or 11 i forget which year that is that that comes out but 2011 2011 so we don't get another one for four years after yeah. this and uh that feels like a significant and, and it's gap. a good one yeah so i'm to me this is my, one of my favorites of the 2000s and that's fair to say because the next ones don't come out until the 2010s uh okay let's go to awards desert island songs two or three of your favorites kyle we're going to you first you got to pick first Ooh. okay um well I, I don't know how I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I never, uh, <laughs> you know, very very rarely do I actually mark my songs before we get to this point. It's almost like I need to ruminate in your guys' opinions of songs before I really pick them. But um, I do so, the same thing. I, yeah, I, I'll go. Yeah, the final picks. Yeah, the final picks. Yeah, it's got to be five becomes four. Duh. The takedown, and. I'm going to go Paper Walls, man. I like the final track. 
Uh, Chris, what about you? What are your your desert island? Take down five becomes four, but I went cut me Mick. I still, you know, those three mm. at the end are are, are are hiding there, and yeah, I picked one too. I think. Oh man, it's hard. It definitely, same first two take down and uh, and five becomes four are my first two. But I'm I'm really torn between those two that you all picked. I think I'm going to go with Kyle though and say paper walls. All I right. just think it's. Still consensus, a man. Very strong, um, very strong track. And normally, I feel like that indicates that the rest of the album is lesser, but I don't feel like that's the case here. I no. think it's just that those those songs are so impactful that it's mm-hmm. hard not to put them on the list of things that I would want to listen to all the time. Okay, what about Nobody's Perfect? What's the worst song on the album? I'm curious what happens here, Chris. Do you have one? I I didn't really have one for this one. I mean, I. I, I there, there's not, I don't know, man. There's not one that stuck out that, that badly to me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm crying uncle on this one. I don't, I don't have a pick for this, for this one. Kyle, what about you? <laughs> no, I, I think it's, I think the record is great. Yeah. I disagree with some production choices on Dear Bobby, but <laughs> that's but a you very diplomatic way to put it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't dislike the song. Yeah, I wouldn't scratch at all. it. Yeah, um, I just disagree with the, that decision, and that's why I likened it to the children's choir because it's it's a trap that everybody falls into. It just may, and we mentioned on a few songs on this record earlier that like we enjoyed how like it was a little vague and it wasn't super on the nose, and I feel like that kind of went against his his uh, you know um, usual not not being so on the nose and so that's what i didn't appreciate appreciate about those production choices but i still very much like the song yeah i um you know it's i probably should have been more specific about this question when we first laid out the format for our podcast but it it is one of those things where it's like uh am i really just picking like if i had to rank the songs what's the worst or is it one i would actually kick off i agree because i agree with you i would not kick off a song on this record but I do feel like if I had to pick one that I think is the lesser, I mean, I might pick shadows and regrets. I don't know. Just because it's not like it's a bad song. I just feel like it's not as great as the rest of them, but, um, but I'm with you. I wouldn't kick it off and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think I would change what this record is, but I just, if I had to pick one that doesn't make me feel the way the rest of the tracks feel, it might be that one. But, um, that's just me if I had to. Um, what about Grower Not a Shower? Chris, do you have one? Grower and Not a Shower. I, I don't know why. Like, it, it's weird for me for a second track to be a Grower Not a Shower, but fighting just like kept growing on me. Um, and um, I, like the f- first time I, I I remember the guitar tone sticking out to me so much because of the jangle jangly mm-hmm. guitar at the beginning, but then I. And I couldn't get past that, but like after that, that song just kept growing on me. And I think it's one of the more streamed songs off this record too. So maybe I'm not the only one that feels that way. Kyle, uh, do you have a song that you maybe didn't like at first, but now are totally into? Nope. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dear Bobby's kind of that for me because it did so hit me weird at first. I was kind of like, "What's happening on this?" And it kind of did make me maybe not like it as much up front. Um, but it grew on me a lot. And like I said, the, the, 
the stuff that you disagree with, Kyle. The the recordings <laughs> of the Grand Ball actually, I think, are endearing now to me, and they weren't at first. So I'm going to put it as my grower, not a shower. Um, any final thoughts on the record before we head out, fellas? Either one of you have uh, any insightful things to say about Yellow Card, this album, or otherwise? You could just uh, talk about uh, well, whatever I don't know. you want. I don't know about podcast. you guys, but whenever we do – this is the second time we've done a yellow card, and then I go on a yellow card kick. I don't see it ending yeah. for another few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. playlists chocked full of, of of Ryan Key bridges. I think that my my final note would be that I think Yellow Card is a um, criminally underrated pop punk band. Is um, I think that they I think they were really good songwriters, really good musicians, really good live, really unique as far as yeah. like you couldn't confuse them with someone else and. I feel like that kind of flew under the radar because I don't like when I'm when I tell people I'm like I'm a I love yellow card. They're like, "Really?" I mean, like that's the reaction I feel like I get more often than like, "Oh yeah." You know what I mean? Like that makes yeah. sense. Um and I just I wonder why that is. And I I mean I don't know. I just feel like they made so many good records and I feel like this is a yeah, it kind of dipped a little bit with lights and sounds, and then they just released five after that that are so good. And I just, yeah. when you look at that, uh, how many people even have three good records right. from this period of time? How many people, and, and I think that, like I said, they've got six really, really, really good records. And that, like, for the most part, I wouldn't take a track off of. Uh, I think they're well produced. I think it's really good songwriting. I think even the track orders and things like that that are little bitty things we pay attention to. And I don't know. I'm with you. I think I'll do the same thing. Just go on a yellow card kick, uh, which I kind of always I do sometimes anyway. I did go back and listen to Lights and Sounds. I didn't do the stuff that came after this because I already knew I loved it. But I did try Lights and Sounds a couple times just to be like, was I being unfair? Um, and I still it still hasn't quite hit me. I, I like some of it a lot more than I did. But it still just doesn't, it's just not as good as the stuff that comes after it. So, um, but I do think more people should like and listen to Yellow Card because I think they were really good. Um, and that's my soapbox that I will uh, stand on. And my wife will disagree because she is, uh, she, it's too rocky for her. She just can't handle uh, when I She's put a it hater. on. She's a hater. I thought about recording clips of her reacting to every song and sneaking them in as clips, but like without her knowledge, like in the car or something like that, hear her complain about it. Um, uh, but I, oh, I didn't get around to that. So maybe for the next yellow card album, I will do that. I will sneak in clips of my wife complaining about me uh, blasting yellow card in the living room. Uh, well, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a great review on iTunes and you can subscribe. So the new episodes conveniently show up on your phone when we release them or iPad or whatever you listen on. We do. It's funny. I look at the analytics for these things and there are quite a few people that listen to podcasts on iPads. I didn't, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I've just, I picture me like carrying around an iPad listening to it, but I, maybe that's not how it works. Um, and of course you can send us comments, disagreements, suggestions at info at finding or you can, uh, find us on all the social medias at, at finding emo pod. Um, until next time, we'll catch you then. See you. Bye. Bye.